gratitude goes out to you today for listening to Eco Radio KC on 90.1 FM KKFI, Kansas City Community Radio. This is a locally made exploration into positive solutions to some of today's ecological challenges for all of us working to create a healthier future for our communities and for the world you live in. Thanks for listening to Eco Radio KC. My name is Darnell. For today's show, stay tuned to hear host Brett Ragsdale talk with his guests, Nathan Klein and Terry Wilkie, about politics, the Green Party in Missouri, and as it exists in Kansas. What's the Green Party? The word green means more than just the environment. It means doing what's right for healthy systems. That's why the tenants of the Green Party supports people planet and peace. They are committed to social, racial, economic, and environmental justice. The Green Party was created in 1984 to not only elect candidates to local, state, and national position, but also to serve as a grassroots movement aimed at educating people on community issues, important legislation, and social injustices. Its purpose have remained the same, but its scope and size has widened substantially. Within the Green Party USA sits the Green Congress, a national board of delegates gets from all state organization. It is at the annual Greens gathering that the Green Congress updates and maintains the National Green Program, a platform of supporters' major beliefs and policy stances. The Greens currently have organizations in 46 of 50 states where they have elected more than 50 Green officials to local and county governments. The Green Party describes their platform as a progressive movement. We at Eco Radio are glad to encourage awareness and protection of our world. Our goal is to ensure our listeners are aware of how we can create a sustainable present for a sustainable future. This will be a great radio hour. We hope you can stay tuned in. Now our show. Good evening, listeners. This is Brent Ragsdale. Thanks for joining us on Eco Radio KC on KKFI, Kansas City's community radio station. Tonight, we're going to speak about the Green Party, which is a little party that could, if we would only let it, uh, that that operates all around the world, uh, including 46 states, I just heard Darnell say. We have two local representatives of the Kansas and the Missouri Green Parties, uh, we have in the studio uh, Nathan Klein from the Missouri. No, that let me get it right. The the Green Party um, of of Missouri, Kansas City chapter. Yes, sir. Thank you very much. All right, and we have uh, joining us via Zoom Kent Rowe, who is the co-chair of the Kansas Green Party. And uh, good evening. yes, good evening. So. We also have in the room Terry Wilkie, who is our engineer this evening and the producer of Eco Radio. She is is the other co-chair with the Kansas Green Party, but I think she's not going to be joining us for the discussion. So I want to say that in, in addition to the great information that Darnell read as an intro, we did a really excellent show on Eco Radio last year in March. And I would remind people that that is available on kkfi.org, where you can go and download any of our past episodes. That was part of our uh, uh, host, Bob Grove, uh, who does a, a, a monthly show that he calls The Climate Hour. And he did a great discussion with uh, Terry and Nathan. Yes. Uh, we're both there. And um, uh Nick Blessing, also from the Kansas side, and then also Howie Hawken, who, who is the the U.S. Uh, Green Party candidate from from uh, the last uh, presidential election. And so uh, we will try to maybe not repeat all of that, although repetition can be good. But we want to dive in more about the local scene for green here in the Kansas City area on both sides of the state line. So that's enough of me yakking. I'm going to f- maybe put a question to, to, to Nathan. Uh, 
So, so Nathan, what is your role with the with the Missouri Green Party of Kansas City? Well, with the Kansas City chapter, I'm the outreach coordinator, and uh, the outreach coordinator's uh, role is to uh, to do this type of work here to get the word out about uh, what we do. Uh, that, that we're very active in the local community to encourage people to get involved in what we do, uh, raise membership, uh, fundraising, all those kind of fun things. Um, and, uh, you know, we're an all volunteer based movement. Um, a lot like KKFI. Yep. Yep. Very similar. Um, you know, we really like that ethos. We think that, uh, that Americans are great volunteers. If you look around the world and the rates of volunteers, uh, Americans are high volunteer folks. And we uh, want folks to volunteer for the Green Party um, because we think that that is, that is an important way forward to kind of break out of the pay-to-play political system that we're kind of, kind of right now suffering through. And uh, I can talk more about that. Oh, you're teeing up a lot of things that we're going to talk about, I think. <laughs> Kent, you you are a co-chair. What what does that entail for for the the Kansas Green Party? We're trying to gather in the sentiment that is out there already. And a lot of groups that would vote for the Green Party and participate more are actually scattered into various environmental action groups. Uh, I've discovered this. Uh, We had the uh, Kansas Green Party conference or convention here at uh, our place. Uh, uh, in the country side outside of Andover, Kansas. And uh, we had a great following. A lot of those people are still around and are active in various uh, aspects of climate, climate action, uh, a cleanup of contaminated sites and the 10 principles that we go by with the Green Party promise. Yeah, we're going to use those uh, 10 key values from the Green Party as kind of a as kind of an outline for our talk this evening. And I know that in, in your first talk, you, you talked about the four pillars, and those are peace, ecology, social justice, and democracy. Now, is that just a, a United States Green Party um, thing, or is that the pretty much the worldwide stance of your four pillars? Do either of you know? I'm not from one like- Go ahead. No, no, go go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Internationally, that is it. Uh, the Green Party of Germany, uh, which now has some of the highest uh, members in in the government uh, in Germany, uh, are from the Green Party, and those principles prevail. I'm more familiar with the New Zealand Green Party, uh, where I live. Uh, for a decade and graduated from university there, uh, they too have those same principles. I think it's a universal axiom of any sustainable government to use those four pillars uh, as a mainstay for their uh, government governance and, and, and values. Well, I know that as a host, I can't I can't really endorse anything or, you know, do a call for action. But I, I will tell you that I'm I'm very pleased with the Green Party's stance on peace. I think we've got way too much warmongering in the United States right now. And I, I'm really pleased to to have you guys here talking about, you know, let's give peace a chance. So um, I know that one of the things that the Green Party is trying to do is to become uh, bona fide parties in states, you know, um, and we'll talk about where we are with both Kansas and Missouri and where we've been with that. But um, I think a big part of that is then to also try to get candidates elected. And I heard Darnell say that there's, there have been 46 Green Party um, candidates elected to local offices in the United States so far. And I'm pleased to say that we've got one right right here on the show, and that that is Kent Rowe in, in Kansas. You were elected as a mayor of a small town in, in, in central Kansas or south central Kansas. Tell us about that experience. Southeast, Southeast, Southeast Kansas. Kansas. Yeah, okay. Elk County, USD 283. 
Uh, I did run for mayor after uh, the traumatic experience, a threat that was uh, made to Elk County and the surrounding communities in that they wanted to uh, establish a regional landfill uh, at a rock quarry uh, there in Elk County. Uh, we pride ourselves on uh, hunting uh, and fishing, uh, clear water, so so forth. So we organized, myself and others, a uh, uh, mandate to uh, stave off that type of industry, which would have been devastational. And, uh, and of course, uh, we were successful, and the uh, governor, uh, Sebelius at the time, uh, gave us a recycling trailer to uh, start recycling in those communities uh, so that we could not be accused of, of contributing to landfill uh, contamination ourselves. At least we're trying uh, to do that. Well, that sounds a lot like your first of your 10 key values, grassroots democracy, to me. Exactly. Yeah. It's reminiscent of, you know, I, I live in the Tonganoxie area, and a few years ago we had uh, sort of sprung on us by the state um, representatives uh, the, the fact that there was going to be a Tyson plant brought to Tonganoxie. And our community really rallied, and I was there in the park in Tonganoxie when we let those state officials know that we had other plans and it did not include uh, a chicken backing plant, and so we, we staved that off as well. Um, in addition to your successful run, Kent, uh, Nathan has had a couple of what I would consider very successful runs for the Green Party. They didn't result in you winning the election, but they were very high profile races and you had a very good showing. Tell us about those. Well, um, you know, number one, I want to encourage people to, to, run for office and I want to encourage people to run as Green Party candidates you know I, I ran for Jackson County Executive in 2018 36,000 my neighbors voted for me because they they, you know my neighbors are hungry to be represented by someone that is of the community by the community and doesn't represent wealthy corporate interests from outside the community and that's what we offer and then in uh, 2020, I ran uh, for a state Senate, also very successful. But one thing you have to understand is that both of these runs were uh, against uh, Democratic incumbents, Democratic Party incumbents, you know, party uh, uh, machine politicians um, that uh, and no Republican was running against them. Now, one of the big secrets of American politics is only about a third of elections are really contested between the parties. They gerrymander the districts, so they're overwhelmingly one party or the other. And and when you go to the general election, and you and you'll know this from your own experience, unless you live in a one of the rare purple districts, um, that for office after office, there's just one person to vote for. So when the Green Party doesn't put someone on the ballot, then literally you have one person to vote for. You know, the Soviet Union had, quote unquote, elections like that, but no one confused that with democracy. So it's very important that we have more choices uh, in the electoral uh, arena. And, and that's and I felt very good in offering that. Wow, that's that's excellent. Um, I think that gerrymandering is just an example of the kinds of things that people are tired of in this nation. Yes, I, I think we all see that that we've got a couple of parties that are that are controlled by big money. <laughs> and as much as we want to address the issues that that a lot of people agree on, regardless of which political end of the spectrum they're from, we just can't seem to make progress on those things. And so I think that a, a, a third party really has the opportunity to, to make, really improve that. Well, especially one that won't take the money. You know, the single party Republicans out in the country and the single party Democrats in the city that run unopposed, they're taking money from the exact same corporate interests. That who That's who wins, whichever of the blue team or the red team wins, so-called yeah. wins. They, they're winning for their wealthy corporate donors. They're not, they're not representing the voters in their community 
they're representing their wealthy corporate donors, and that's the rot at the at the core of our system. And if we don't have candidates that won't take the money, then we can't break out of that. And that's what the Green Party is trying to figure out how to do and invites everyone's participation in trying to get that done. Yeah, excellent. Kent, can you add to that? That was my experience in Elk County. Once you're elected mayor, you're allowed to go to what they call the, the mayor's conferences, the mayor's meetings statewide. And we were able to, uh, myself and, and the uh, mayor at the time, mayor from Manhattan, Kansas, we called for a vote on all of the mayors that were present there, which is a great number of hundreds of them, to endorse wind power in the year 2000. And that was a great uh, uh, stride forward. Uh, all except one mayor uh, voted for wind power, and that was the, the mayor from Burlington where the nuclear plant is. Ah, excellent. Yes, and I know that there's lots of games and lots of pressures. You know, if 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 any legislator doesn't play ball, they will uh, run someone against them in the primary. They'll primary them. So there's lots of there's lots of things. But okay, well, we are going to take our first break. We are talking with representatives from the Kansas and Missouri Green Parties, and we'll be back in a few minutes. And now for something completely different. Links Mix, Tuesdays, 10 a.m. till noon on 90.1 FM, KKFI. If you or someone you know is suffering from thoughts of suicide, you can dial the Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 988 or go to 988lifeline.org. This is a public service announcement of 90.1 FM, KKFI. Here's a calendar for the week of 1923. Registration has begun for Petal Mo to support Missouri Stream Team Watershed Coalition. Go to paddlemo.org. Tuesday, January 10th, 7 p.m., the Kanza branch of the Kansas Sierra Club is having a virtual meeting. Struggling bees, systemic pesticide pollution, and the health of our community. Speaker, Dr. Judy Wusbart, is an associate professor and extension specialist at the University of Nebraska-Lincoln Bee Lab, where she and her team have been developing a robust pollinator health program within the Great Plains region. This will be a virtual meeting only. RSVP by 5 p.m. on the day of the program to receive an email link to the Zoom meeting that evening. To RSVP, listeners can go to sierraclub.org. Saturday, January 14th, 9 a.m. to noon, electronic recycling event will be held at Attic Storage Pleasant Hill, 3501 Short Road, Pleasant Hill, Missouri. Sunday, January 15th, 9.15 a.m., Earth Care Forum is Solar for Churches a Possibility. Presenter Bill Woods, Project Director for Cromwell Solar. The Inflation Reduction Act included direct 30% payment to nonprofits, including churches. This will be at First Presbyterian Church, 2415 Clinton Parkway, Lawrence, Kansas. Open to all. Recordings can be found on YouTube. Monday, January 16th, and the days around are Martin Luther King Days of Service. For more information, you can go to americorps.gov. Stay involved. Check your local bodies for environmental issues. My name is Phil Bauer. Thank you for listening to Eco Radio KC. Welcome back to Eco Radio. We're talking with Kent and Nathan from the Kansas and the Missouri Green Parties this evening. So I'd like to talk 
more about the 10 key values that you have listed on your website. I think, number one, we just talked about grassroots democracy. Uh, then there's a lot that have to do with equity. You know, social justice and equal opportunity is one. Feminism and, and gender equality and, you know, respect for diversity. Th those, to me, all speak to, to um, how you treat people and want to be treated. So maybe instead of just glossing over that, let's talk a little bit about that. What, what does that mean to you, Nathan? Well, no, number one, I think that, you know, this country has a, a long, hard history of trying to include all of our citizens in, in this, you know, in our country. We, you know, we started out as a country that just had wealthy, white, landowning men as actually being citizens. And... And it's been grassroots, bottom-up fighting to get women and African Americans and all every subgroup of Americans to be able to participate fully. And we're not there yet, really not even that close as far as I'm concerned. We have a long way to go, but this is very important. We, you know, we need to empower all of us for us. We have big things to do, you know. We're in the fastest era of change in human history is ahead of us because of the climate crisis and, and other things. And we're going to have to be arm in arm. We're going to have to be together. And the first step to even being able to do that is for all of us to be equals finally. And that is, a, that is first and foremost. Yes. Kid, I, in the, the times that I have participated with the Kansas Green Party, um, some of your Zoom meetings and things. I've noticed you have a lot of young people who are very um, passionate and, and idealistic. Is that something that, that you see as well, that, that the young people tend to gravitate towards the message of the Green Party? We just had a conference, or actually a meeting, uh, 60 uh, people showed up, mainly uh, young, some middle-aged, uh, that want to accomplish their own particular avenue of improvements on the dilemma that the earth faces and that their community faces and, and so forth. No other community, though, has faced more repression and inequality than the Native American community. And that's my background. And if I may say, Ho ishtish okpolo tok impa. Ho ishtish okpolo tok Oka. They poison food and they poison the water. And we expect to have equality for that. So that's where we're starting. And one of the largest areas of contamination is in northeast Wichita, uh, which the residents there have not been informed that these wells that they had for 40 years should not be used for, for drinking or even uh, uh, watering their gardens and I'm looking at the data here and the levels are, are just as uh, only about half as high in this one lake as they were eight years ago and these are PCBs is that what you told me PCBs yeah polychlorobiphenols that were dumped by uh, utility companies transformer oil uh, capacitor fluids dielectric fluids and that is still in the plume in the water. The, these Superfund sites were cleaned up, but the plumes had been migrating uh, for quite some distance. And we're seeing now for a two and a half miles south, half a mile wide swath of the plume that uh, they're wanting to pump and treat, which is uh, the KDHE's plan to do just that. But who's going to run the pumps? Who's going to supply the electricity? Uh, and my allegation is, is the utility company going to make bank selling the electricity to run the pumps to clean the water of contaminants that was put there by their industry in the first place? That's equality. That's justice to me, if we can re rectify that. So at least you've gotten the Kansas Department of Health and Environment engaged, it sounds like. Is that it? Is that we a... have their, yeah, we have their ear. You know, the community did rise up just like they did in Elk County when I was mayor uh, to stop this, this, this madness. And it comes down to a matter of self-rescue. 
Yeah. So that would hit on um, your key value, ecological wisdom, and a, a future focus and su- sustainability, I would say. Um, Nathan, I know you are very passionate about the environment. I, we'll, we'll get to calling out your website um, addresses later, but I, I will say that I watched a video that you, you have on there, kind of an introduction to the Green Party and to, you know, com- contrasting that to the to the the corporate domination of the existing parties. And, and in that, you talked a lot about, um, you know, very, very frank talk about the state of the environment and kind of where we are with that. Um, would you like to, to, to give us a little taste of that discussion that you had? Well, I think that, I mean, this goes, this goes way back. I mean, this goes back. I mean, it's been about, I mean, humans, let me start way back. I mean, humans have been on this planet for a couple hundred thousand years. And for almost all of that time, we lived in balance with the natural environment. We took as much as we gave back. And then about 10,000 years ago with the agricultural revolution, we started taking more than we were given back. And then with the uh, industrial revolution and other technological advances, I mean, we're a very fancy species that can really get a lot done. And yay for us. But we're taking up more and more, and we're at the edge, and there is no more we can take. You know, I mean, just throw out one statistic of all of the mammal, mammalian life left on the planet right now by weight. 96% of it is us and our livestock. That is the the destruction that we've already caused and we are growing exponentially fast. So we're going to hit the wall. So we can't continue to have a growth based paradigm for human society. We, we can try to do it, but it voluntarily or involuntarily, we will, we will come into balance with the natural environment. But if we don't do it voluntarily, thoughtfully now, then we're going to hit the wall and human society is going to go. I mean, I, you know, I, I, it's, it's going to be very ugly. It's going to be most of the people on the planet now are not going to make it. And we're talking about in the lifetime of people that are alive today. And so we've got to wake up. And if you don't think that it's that bad, you will realize it within the next couple of years, because things are changing very, very quickly. I mean, just look at the heat wave in Europe right now. All of the ski lodges in the Alps are closed because there's no snow in the winter in Switzerland. Okay. And I, I could, I could, we could just go on and on about, about, you know, all of the evidence of this, but it's just going to get worse and worse. So we've got to wake up and we've got to, we've got to turn the Titanic around before it hits the iceberg. Yeah, and uh, you know, I think you're do- we're doing a good service here because just like Alcoholics Anonymous, until you face up to the facts of the matter, we're not going to do anything about it. And I think, um, by and large, we're in denial of the state of where we are in the planet. And I I picked up in your video that you use the term ecological overshoot. Yep. And I and I would agree with that. Um. And I think the, in my estimation, that the, we're not going to solve it without politics, without coming together, because it doesn't matter how much I can serve myself if we don't make rules collectively and really make those hard decisions. Then it, then I, I think you're hitting on a very important point there. You know, the, the biggest pot of money in the world is the U.S. tax base. Okay. And working people like us are the ones that are paying those taxes. Wealthy folks are not paying their fair share if they're paying their taxes at all. But it's not going to our needs. And it's certainly not going to turn in the Titanic around. And and the only way that we're going to be able to activate the investments that we're making to make the changes that we need is a political revolution, not a violent revolution, because that is that's a dead end. A political revolution in which people wake up and say, We've got to take our own government back and the resources that we're investing, our tax races, and we're going to put them in 
and we're going to have a government that serves us. That's the only only possible way forward that I think. Yeah. And Ken, I really appreciated um, your Native American. Was that you told me was that Choctaw? Is that the language that you were speaking? Well, Choctaw is part of the Muscogean language. That, that is Muscogean. Muscogean. Language. Okay. Yeah, I'm not too knowledgeable about it. My wife and I read Braiding Sweetgrass in the last couple of years. Yeah. That, that made quite an impression on me. I love that book. Yeah. Yeah. She's, a, she's wonderful. Yeah. And it, the, the issue of improvements and how we can get there. People lived here for tens of thousands of years successfully and wonderfully. There were empires and scientists and... And government. And government. And government. Yes. And one of the biggest things that we had was the bison. And universities, national parks are discovering that grazing bison actually leads to an improvement of the climate, even in the microclimates around there. So that's one of the things that uh, we're pushing for. Uh, tribal uh, governments know this. Um, you're consuming habits. Uh, you should be looking at how good grazing habits uh, from meat you eat, even if you're a closet carnivore, like many people are. Uh, uh, look at how this is produced. What's the water uh, signature and, and so forth. But the bison really do bring a lot of biodiversity to pastures and so forth. Yeah. One of my past guests was Michael Dowd. Um, I don't know if either of you are familiar with Michael Dowd. Nathan's nodding his head. He's kind of an ecological theologian. And he, <laughs> he preaches a lot about being pro-future. You know, that the only societies that, that are going to last are the ones that really are thinking about the future and not just about the bottom line present of this, you know, the stockpayers' uh, quarterly dividends. So, um, yeah, uh, and I know there's a concept from from the Native American, is was it the Iroquois nation that, that talked yeah. about the seven, seven generations, you know, make decisions yeah. seven generations forward? Yeah, that's the kind of thing we need to do. Well, I, I think you're really hitting the nail on the head. I mean, I think that our modern capitalist society indoctrinates all of us to think very short-sighted. I, me, mine, now, right? And quarterly profit report, you know, this quarter. You know, we have gotten so far away from thinking about, like, you're talking about seven generations down the line. But that is where our focus needs to go now we need to immediately step away from our narcissism and look to future generations and our responsibility to them that's who we need to work for primarily at this point because of the danger we have put them in yes well i think that would be a good time for us to take our second break um thanks for listening to, to uh eco radio kc we'll be back in a few minutes Support for KKFI by the Midwest Trust Center at Johnson County Community College. The Midwest Trust Center at Johnson County Community College, formerly the Carlson Center, has been a venue for the performing arts and arts education since 1990 and, in support of KKFI, offers a full list of events and can accept donations at jccc.edu forward slash Midwest Trust Center. KKFI is the Kansas City area's independent, non-commercial community radio station. We seek to stimulate, educate, and entertain our audience to reflect the diversity of the local and world community and to provide a channel for individuals and groups, issues and music that have been overlooked, suppressed, or underrepresented by other media. And that is the KKFI mission statement. Thank you for listening. I'm Dr. Anthony Lizowitz, and this is Climate Connections. Fran, Floyd, Matthew, Florence, Dorian. Over the past decade, hurricanes have devastated parts of North Carolina, and many inland communities in the floodplain continue to struggle. 
people talk about how they would recover, move somewhere else, try to rebuild, and then get flooded out again in a whole other town. And it's very, very traumatic, and it makes it very difficult for them to really put the pieces of their lives back together. Michelle Lovejoy of the Environmental Defense Fund says that as climate change brings more heavy rain, the risks will grow, so solutions are urgently needed. Researchers from North Carolina State University studied the Stony Creek watershed in Wayne County. They found that one effective way to reduce flooding is for farmers in upstream areas to temporarily hold water on their land during storms. That could mean building a berm around a farm field or deepening drainage ditches and then adding a water control structure. Lovejoy has been gathering feedback from farmers on these ideas. She says they have questions. How does this impact my ability to sign up for crop insurance? What type of compensation could I receive? But she says if policy can address their concerns, many are eager to be part of the upstream solution. Climate Connections is produced by the Yale Center for Environmental Communication. To hear more stories like this, visit climateconnections.org. Welcome back to Eco Radio KC. We're talking about the Green Party. So we've covered off some of the 10 key values that the, that the Green Party espouses. We've talked, let me check them off here. We've talked about grassroots democracy. We've talked a lot about the equity thing, social justice and, and equal opportunity, uh, respect for diversity, feminism and gender equality. Um, we've talked a, a bit about the environmental ecological wisdom is one. We've talked about... Uh, a future focus and sustainability. That leaves three more. It leaves decentralization, community-based economics, and personal and global responsibility. That sounds like a lot of civics there. And so it seems like people that are civic-minded and want to make the world a better place would be op- would be welcomed with open arms into the Green Party. Is that is that true, Nathan? Give me the question again. I'm yeah, sorry. I'm yeah. Sorry. So, wh- these three that that I just mentioned—the decentralization and the uh, community-based economics and personal and global responsibility—those are all sort of civics kinds of things. Right. So, I think there are a lot of people that have a, a bent towards civic-mindedness, you know, and they end up being in um, the Sierra Club, or they might be in the Rotary Club, or something like that, or they might just, you know, teach Sunday school. Right. But there, I think there's an opportunity to be more hands-on involved in politics through the Green Party. Is that, is that the truth? Yes, yes. Thank, thanks for uh, saying that again. Um, abso- absolutely. I mean, like I, like I said earlier, Americans volunteer a lot. But a lot of the volunteering that Americans do, and it's all great work, is doing one of two things. It's either ameliorating the failures of the market. And now the market does some great things, but it definitely leaves many losers. And many and and so people are trying to feed those people, trying to house those people, trying, you know, and so they're just running after and as opposed to being proactive and you know, making sure that these things are guaranteed, that people have a home, people have something to eat. People have education, people have health care, you know, and so we need to get out ahead of those things. But then we also um, are spending a lot of time trying to talk elected corporate party Democrats and Republicans to do the right thing. And I think that 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 is I mean, I've I've done that for years. I tried to do that for years. And I'm like, we are that is not being very successful. And we need to instead replace them with real representatives or at least challenge them. They're not even being challenged at this point to take the money and work for their wealthy donors. You know, that that just cannot stand. And so everyone is invited to come build this party in this country. There's people around the world working on it. And and if if we don't do it, nobody else will. You know, we ha- you know, we have a lot of reactive uh, volunteering in our community, we need to get proactive, and that's politics, and that's and that's what the Green Party is is the only opportunity in that area. Yeah. So Kent, I I got these particular ten key values off of your um, KansasGreenParty.org website, which I'd recommend people to go see. I noticed that the one uh, personal and global responsibility. I mean that. That sounds a lot like 
um, the core values that I think you would find in rural Kansas. Does that does that resonate with people when you tell them that that's one of your core beliefs? Well, it is quite true, and that's uh, exactly it. Uh, Ralph Nader used to say, uh, uh, think globally, act locally. And that has to do with the soil, the water, and the air that we breathe. If we don't have that, we don't have equality. And we can't have that with what we call extinction capitalism that's happening now. It is inside of us all. Every one of us has what we call uh, uh, the losa itiwashna'anchi, which is the black snake. The black snake is inside of us all because we live in an era, in an era of carbon consumption. And they say, don't feed the black snake. Hmm. And that way it shrinks and gets smaller and smaller. Yeah. That's how we can act locally and think globally. And that's, uh, we need five planets as Americans to live. In Europe, it's three planets, and in China, it's, it's a little bit less per capita. And that's where we need to be. We need to pare down our per capita carbon uh, production and turn it around. And that has to do with our buying habits, our values, so on and so forth. And don't feed our black snake. Yeah. Well, I'm tempted to go, uh, you know, uh, down the economic side of this, but I think we're, we need to spend, spend some time to talk about the practical thing that, that these two parties from, from Kansas and Missouri that are trying to, to, to create or build or grow a green party. What, what you need practically now is, is to be on the ballots. Is that correct? Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, If it's okay, uh, can I'll go first? Go ahead. Yeah. Um, in Missouri, we we've had ballot access in the past, and and we we lost it. You know, it, there's very, you know, when when I when we're out uh, petitioning, talking to people, so many people don't even know that there's very high bars to participating in politics in in the state of Missouri. It's even higher. It's even worse in Kansas, actually. But uh, Missouri, you know, you have to turn in uh, ten thousand valid signatures from around the state to be able to qualify to run Green Party candidates for elections. Now, last year we turned in, or this, I guess 2022, we turned in over 10,000 signatures to the Secretary of State's office in Jefferson City to uh, regain our state ballot access, but we fell just short. Okay, we didn't have quite enough volunteers out there. We turned in what we had, and and they disallowed too many of them. The signatures weren't good. They weren't registered voters or whatever. And so we're we've just kicked off our ballot access campaign no. uh, for 2024 ballot access uh, for the Green Party throughout Missouri. And this is what is this is what we're asking everybody to get involved in is to and, you know, go to green. You know, we're, we're at uh, MoGreens.org or GreensKC.org and and get in touch with us and get involved in bringing that political choice and that's not for sale, making that available to Missourians. Consider running as a Green Party candidate as well, like I've done. And it's, it's, this is empowering. The thing is, is that the only thing that, that keeps me going, be, looking at the, because there's some, there's some things that could really make you depressed and get you down right now, looking at the future, you know, the potential future we're looking at. The only thing that gets me up is doing something about it. And so we're offering that opportunity to really do something about it. If you think the the two-party pay-to-play system is going to fix these problems, don't do nothing. Hmm. I disagree with you. But if you don't, then then come and help us and, and join in on the Green Party uh, getting this ballot access in Missouri. Yeah. And then, Kent, on the Kansas side, are you going to be trying again this year to, to get enough signatures to – to, to submit that and, and be a political party in Kansas? Oh, it looks like he may have frozen on the screen, but I, bl- I believe the answer is yes. Terry is, uh, Terry is, is nodding her head. Um, what a, Terry, can you turn your mic on and tell us about that? 
Thank you, Brent. This is Terry Wilkie. Yes, in order to be an official state party, the Kansas Green Party has got to initiate a ballot uh, petition. We have 180 days, six months, to collect the signatures of 10,000 Kansas residents. Once we start, we'll put the word out on our website, kansasgreenparty.org, and our Facebook page, Kansas Green Party. And we'd, in, we'd invite people that are interested to, to check that out. And anywhere you go, if you see a person with a petition that says they would like the Kansas Green Party to be an official political party in Kansas, all you have to do is be a registered voter. Of course, you could only be a Democrat, Republican, Libertarian, or Independent voter because that's all the parties we have in Kansas right now. Yeah. But regardless of your party, if it is okay with you, if there is an official Kansas Green Party, then we can begin to run people for office in Kansas. And we're very excited about this. So keep your eyes open, people, for people, for petitioners with those clipboards. We would love to have your signature. And you'll never guess their t-shirts are green. <laughs> so I know that that the the Green Party does table at the Wealth Day over at the Kansas Capitol, sometimes through the Sierra Club. I'm just um, relaying some things that Kent had told me previously. I think we've lost him off the Zoom call. So, um, Nathan, what are the what are the goals and aspirations of 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 the Kansas? chapter or the Kansas City chapter of the of the Missouri Greens. I mean well, I mean our our goals are are lofty. Um our goal is to to win elected office, to change the dynamic uh of politics in this state and and in this country and around the world. The green greens are doing it around the world. Greens are in elected office around the world and and in the United States, strangely enough, is 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 a very undemocratic country. <laughs> you know the the uh, you know most other countries have parliamentary democracies in which if your party gets 10, 15 percent of the vote, you get 10 or 15 percent of the representation in the legislative body. Here, if you get 49 percent in your district, you get zero percent. You know, and so you know we we advocate for. Uh, you know, like uh, rank choice voting, um, uh, parliamentary uh, style democracies, things like this. I mean, you know, America used to be the number one country in so many ways. You know, we were the most democratic country in the world. We were the most literate country in the world. We had the, the low, lowest poverty rate in the world. We had the best, you know, education, healthcare system in the world. But none of those things are we in the top 20 now, you know, yeah. and the, the, what happened was we let, you know, you know, basically by the, you know, late sixties, we were the top of the top of the heap around the world and about any way you could measure quality of life. But then we turned it over to the market to determine, you know, what you, you know, and, and the government stepped out of the way. Yeah. And so now we have the, um, the banking industry running running the legislation about how how the economy works, right. and we have the, the the military suppliers setting the agenda for foreign policy. You are hitting the nail on the head right there. In every aspect of American society, the uh, policy options that are available to either the blue team or the green team, or the blue or the red team, are only those things that make the most money in the short term for their wealthy corporate donors. That's called the golden cage of American capitalism. Most of the solutions to our problems, however, lie outside of that golden cage. They are, and I, I believe in working Americans, our ability to get things done with a little bit of resources, right? To yeah. work together. To and, rally together and, and a fair playing field and and to be and be fair because if it's totally free market, then it, 
anybody that's willing to be unscrupulous gets an advantage. So that's why you have, you know, rules that protect the environment and keep kids from, you know, working when they're 10 years old, working a full-time job. Well, I mean, you just have a, you know, free market capitalism leads to the the accumulation of, of, of wealth. Just a few wealthy folks are hoarding all of the resources of our society and it's getting worse and worse and worse. There's less and less resources on Main Street. More and more of our resources are locked up in Wall Street in which we can't use them to solve our problems, yeah. you know. And that's what we have to overcome. Americans have overcome this problem several times. We've had several gilded ages. We're in another gilded age in which wealthy Americans have hauled off with most of our stuff uh, and they call it theirs. And and we liberated those resources and built the middle class and things like this. But neither of the corporate parties are doing anything like that now. And they at least need to be challenged. But our goal, like you said, is to take power for ourselves, you know, and never and change the rules so that we get money out of politics so it don't happen again. Well, that seems like a worthy thing for people to be interested in getting involved in, particularly if they're young, idealistic people that might want to to hold an office someday. Well, and and, and but some of our greatest volunteers are, are, are retirees. OK, every generation has a role here. Exactly. For sure. Yeah. Be a big tent and yes. include them all. Well, I know we're drawing to an, a close here. Thank you if you listen to this show. I'll, I'll remind you that if you'd like to listen to it in its entirety, it's available at kkfi.org. You can do a search for Eco Radio KC. There's also a previous show that I think uh, was also very good from last March that I'd invite people to listen to. So, Kent, I know we lost you, Kent, Kent Rowe from the Kansas uh Green Party, but thank you, Kent. Uh, Nathan Klein from the Missouri, uh, Kansas City chapter of the Green Party, thank you very much. Thank you for having me. Thank you, Brent. Great show. KKFI is listening, and your feedback helps to inform our decisions on current and future programming. It's important for your voice to be heard. So let us know what you think about our programming by going online and filling out the KKFI listener survey at kkfi.org slash survey. This is Professor Howard Zinn. The independent, non-commercial radio station you're listening to is really important in the maintenance of democracy. Thomas Jefferson once said, an informed democracy will behave in a reasonable manner. So if you care about being informed, if you care about democracy, if you're a reasonable person, you are, of course. Please support your source for uncensored news and views and the voice of your community. At the end of the hour, here's some environmental news for the week of January 9th. Democracy Now! reports, in Europe, a massive heat dome has brought unseasonably warm winter weather that's shattered records in at least seven countries over a vast region stretching from France to western Russia. Europe logged its warmest year on record in 2022. In California, the governor has declared a state of emergency and ordered evacuations as a cyclone slammed into the San Francisco Bay Area with hurricane-force winds and torrential downpours. California has been experiencing a series of extreme weather events known as atmospheric rivers, which have been described as rivers in the sky, unleashing unrelenting storms. Scientists say climate change will continue to increase the intensity of these storms. Inside Climate News reports, it has only been a decade since climate activists launched campaigns to get financial institutions and money managers to see that dollars pumped into the fossil fuel industry were a risk to both the planet and investor portfolios. That effort has had some success but remains a work in progress. Wall Street now talks about environmental, social, and governance principles in investing, and investors are left to figure out which declarations are mere greenwashing. Only within the last year have government watchdogs set standards on what companies must disclose about climate risk. In 2023, Republicans are preparing on multiple fronts to take on Wall Street, corporate America, and U.S. financial regulators for paying too much attention to environmental concerns and not enough to making money. 
It's woke capitalism, says Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, widely seen as a possible challenger to former President Donald Trump for leadership of the Republican Party. Scientists report a dramatic drop in the extent of Antarctic sea ice. Links between global warming and the decline of sea ice in the Southern Ocean are still unclear, but climate cannot be ruled out as a driver. A new report shows the complex system used to pay wildfire costs is leaving states unable to pay firefighting bills and underfunding mitigation efforts as the states await reimbursement from federal agencies. EcoWatch reports, the EPA and the U.S. Army announced on December 30th the establishment of a clear, durable definition of U.S. waterways to secure the EPA's oversight of U.S. waterways after long legal battles and debate over the expansiveness of the Clean Water Act. Environmental groups have wanted broader limits for the Clean Water Act to minimize pollution in waterways across the U.S., while businesses and the ag industry have argued that more water regulations under the act would unfairly restrict their business. President Obama's administration worked on expanding the regulations, but the Trump administration reversed these efforts. Then a federal judge overturned the Trump administration's moves to minimize water regulations. Now, the Biden administration has finalized a rule that gives the EPA oversight over more clearly defined waters of the United States, which will better protect traditional navigable waters, the territorial seas, interstate waters, as well as smaller upstream waterways and wetlands. Gas stoves are responsible for more than one out of every eight cases of childhood asthma in the U.S., according to new research published in the International Journal of Environmental Research and Public Health. The Biden administration is considering action to safeguard the public from the health dangers posed by gas stoves. Sustainability Action Newsletter reports, Economist Herman Daly commented that he would accept the possibility of infinite growth in the economy, on the day that one of his economist colleagues could demonstrate that Earth itself could grow at a commensurate rate. A report from the New Economics Foundation argues that economic growth is constrained by the finite nature of our planet's natural resources. The report concludes that a new macroeconomic model is needed, one that allows the human population as a whole to thrive without having to rely on an ultimately impossible, endless increase in consumption. Kansas Reflector reports, The Keystone Pipeline, which runs from Canada to Texas and Illinois, spilled 14,000 barrels of oil near a Kansas-Nebraska border in early December. The spill turned Mill Creek black and deposited oil on farmland near Washington, Kansas. Within two weeks after the spill, more than 400 people were on-site cleaning up the oil, including personnel from the pipeline's owner, TC Energy, the EPA, and state and local officials. Crews built dams to contain the spill and began vacuuming oil from the creek and surrounding areas. TC Energy has announced that crews will reroute Mill Creek to avoid the site of the Keystone Pipeline's largest ever oil spill. Work is being done to temporarily divert Mill Creek from a location upstream of the pipeline spill to downstream of the containment dams. TC Energy said it had recovered almost 12,000 barrels of oil. The site of the spill is still subject to a no-fly zone for drones requested by TC Energy. The federal government has ordered TC Energy to investigate the cause of the pipeline spill. It also required the company to submit a plan before resuming operations. The Cushing Extension, the part of the pipeline where the spill occurred, started operating again on December 29th. Thanks for listening to Eco Radio KC. Please tune in next week or listen to our podcast. Thank you for listening to Eco Radio KC on KKFI 90.1 FM, Kansas City Community Radio. Eco Radio is brought to you each week. 
by a team of collaborators, including me, Craig Lugo, Terry Wilking, Brent Rysdale, Bob Grove, and Dave Mitchell. The opinions expressed are those of the hosts and guests and not of KKFI and or the Midcoast Media Project. You can find our calendar and a podcast of each show on Eco Radio KC's Facebook page, as well as on our show page at kkfi.org. This is Richard Mabian, and you can send inquiries and comments to our email at kkfi.org forward slash contact or message us on our Facebook page. Up next is Fiesta Musicale, followed by Noche Magica. Our outro music is Big Yellow Taxi by Joni Mitchell. Don't it always seem to go that you don't know what you've got till it's gone? Ooh.